0: Draconian is nothing like Bosconian. It's The Cocoa Show, episode 29. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Coco Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about Draconian. Ooh. Now, when it comes to your medieval uh, mythical beasts, yeah. you got your griffin. Yeah, yeah. You got your dragon. yeah. You got your uh, Leviathan. Yeah. Do you have a favorite?
1: A favorite mythical beast? Yes. Well, I like the Kraken. How okay. about him? Okay. Because I like his booze. Ah. You know, so he's he's at the top of the list. Plus, he's a Harry Howells and stop motion animation. Really, the Medusa is awesome. I'm going back to Clash of the Titans again. But the scenes... Have you ever seen that movie, Clash mm-hmm. of the Titans? You've never seen Clash of the Titans. No. Holy smokes. There's a scene where... The Medusa is stalking around this dark, pillared, huge room, hunting this guy with a bow and arrow. Awesome. And the Medusa in that is, she got the hair with the snakes, the body, and then the bottom of her is like a snake. Mm. So she slithers around, you now, know. Was she, is this, a, I know this is a Harryhausen film. Yep. Was the body of the Medusa a real woman? No, the, and the, the whole it, it thing, stop motion, okay. everything, everything. It was great. This was a great film. It's a must-watch, mm. must must-watch. Mm. But, yeah, I like the Medusa, man. And I like the Kraken. It's my fave. Okay. I You know, it's hard for me to
0: really go wrong with the dragon. The dragon, you know, I'm not just saying that because we're covering Draconian, you know. But uh, to me, the dragon sort of sums up everything that is, you know, because the dragons are big. Yeah. Dragons can breathe fire. Well, some of them can.
1: Can not all do of them? Do you play D&D? Not if really. You, if you do... There's like a whole slew of dragons. You got your gold dragons, your blue dragons, your red dragons. You got the, the chromatic dragons, right? The multicolored ge- deal, green dragon, black. They spit different stuff. Like your gold dragon, you know, he may spit fire, but he usually doesn't. You get your, your red dragons as the fire. That makes sense. Then you get the blue dragon. He shoots like frost huh ice then you got the black dragon shoots like acid i believe it is really one of them shoots like a gas no good mm-hmm. that happens out of poison. his mouth well yeah you got to i thought it might come out the it's other poison way, yeah. it's maybe it's like napalm or something but like poison i don't know i can't remember mm-hmm. but there's different kinds mm-hmm. now if you're talking straight up dragons they're all fire breathing i'll give you that when yeah. you're when you're playing i mean when you're a dm and you introduce
0: the dragon you he he you ne- hate your party? He you know? never he never comes out as a flunky, right? No. This no, no. is he's always
1: like the the final the final encounter. If a party goes in and thumps your dragon, you have screwed up somewhere along the way. Because mm. dragons supposed to be like it's dungeons and dragons. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's right there in the title. It's not like dungeons and, and cyclopses Hobobs, or something. Yeah. You know, you need to have that they put it on the box. It's gotta be tough. Yeah. You know. Yeah. How do you kill a dragon? Not easily. I mean it depends.
0: Cuz you know? I saw the Hobbit. I read the book. I know how it's done yeah. there, but in in D&D, is there
1: is there is there a prescription? Well, you know, dragons in D&D are intelligent, mm-hmm. highly intelligent, spell casting, uh and, and and they're very difficult to deal with. They're very hit, hard to hit and hurt. So you've got to have someone with a lot you got to have a crew with a lot of magic weapons, you have got to have some powerful mages in your group, you know. But really, the best thing to do is just avoid the dragon if you can, mm-hmm. because usually the dragon might have some flunkies around. And is too. it
0: like what was his name, Smodge? What was the
1: in uh, in S- the Hobbit? It was Smog, Smog, something like that. Because he's he,
0: he, he spoke with the voice of Benedict Cumberbatch.
1: Yeah. Does uh, do, do
0: dragons in the D and D world? They're also they're also no, speaking. They, well.
1: They don't always speak because there's a there's a dragon is a language. Uh, so you also have. Uh, you can speak dragon. Sometimes they speak common or something, but it depends. Mm. Sometimes they do talk to you. That's you know? true. Think about a dragon in like a dungeon Dragons game. It's like he's the kingpin or the big end boss, but he's got a bunch of geeks around. You don't just roll up on him. You mm-hmm. know, that's not the way it works. Yeah, yeah. Well, Aaron, we got to roll up on a dragon this week. <laughs> yes, we do. We're going
0: to talk about draconian. We sure are. But before we get into that, Aaron, we are going to do a little bit of coco unboxing oh man look at this look at this this came to me from CocoMan.biz, aaron this came to me long ago and uh, we forgot to open it on last month's show to which i'm eternally apologetic to coco man let's see what you got here he closes boat this gift should help you switch between coco games with ease i enjoy the show keep up the good work and happy cocoing Merry Christmas. That shows you how old this is. Jason Rygard, Cocoman.biz. I think in
1: other parts of the country, Christmas just happened like last week.
0: That's true. Southern Hemisphere Christmas. Oh, man. All that. Look
1: at that. Gift wrap. Look at everything. this. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: let's see what's under this. Now, this is if you're listening at home, I've got some snowman, some frosty and Santa paper tearing into. And then underneath that, tightly ensconced in the bubble wrap, is... A, an electronic device of some sort. This is a joystick switch a Aaron. Oh yeah. So what this allows you to do, this is this is two joystick. These go into the ports in the back of your Yes. And the days of you switching over between left and right by pulling the Coco out, unplugging the thing, plugging it yeah. back in,
1: they're over. Hold it up, you, there, I'm going to put you on close that. Look, look at that.
0: Look at that. You just you plug this into the back there. Plug your guys into here, and then boom! Bam, bam, bam,
1: bam. Yeah, let me have a look at that. Boat. This is called a Joey controller switch. Oh man, a Joey, yeah, Joey now, controller. See, I've heard, switch. I've, I've seen the commercials, but I've heard about these. I never thought I'd hold one in my, in my hands. Because if you've got a Coco, you know, it's funny how these classic computers they all have the same problem with the joysticks, mm-hmm, mode. Mm-hmm. The problem is sometimes they use port one as port one. Sometimes port two is port one. Or A or B. There's no set. It's funny how that never was established. It never became standardized. The Same thing happened on the on the uh, C64. Right. You right. Know? It drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. And if you've got real cocos like we both do, uh, and you've got the real cocoa sticks like we both do, it is a pain in the butt to unplug them. I don't like to put that much wear and tear on my ports. If I'm right. honest, mm-hmm. and feel those
0: switches, man, those are those are heavy duty switches. Yes.
1: And th- one thing about uh, these gizmos here is there? these are solidly built. You know, I mean, that's a quality piece of kit right there put together, made to last. And this will relieve you of having to unplug and plug joysticks on those ports right, over Right, which and also over. causes stress on your ports, causes stress in your brain. It causes stress on me because yeah. I'm waiting for the time that I do that and, and drop the ball. Right. And it happens so often that I'll avoid, if I load up a game sometimes, I hate to say this, but it's true, I'll load up a game of the coca, and if it's not on the joystick that I got in my hand, I just turn it off. You ever (laughs) do that? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, You know, Mm -hmm. and I feel like, I'm like, man, I'm a slave to these. So that, that's quite a
0: gift. Yeah, and you can get one of these for yourself over at cocoman.biz. Make sure you you check out Jason's fine selection of uh, objects. I believe he's located up in Pennsylvania, I believe. You know, one thing about,
1: one thing about, uh, real quick. Coco, man. Oh, Toronto, Ohio yeah. is where he is. Oh, oh that's Ohio. it. That is that's not too far away at all. One thing about uh, his stuff is like, I mean, he's the he's the leader. He's got the name. You've seen him. You've seen him uh, on uh, a Coco talk. He's around. He's a community guy. He knows his stuff. That was a very nice gift. Thank yes. you very much for sending that. Out. I'm going to steal it now. <laughs>
0: I'll let you borrow it. one Yeah, day. thanks, dude. I appreciate that. All right. Very Aaron. cool. And. Before we move on to this week's game of the week, Aaron, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the newest sponsor of Coco of the Coco show, uh, retrorewind.ca. Oh and, man, Aaron, what a week. pretty am. You know, last week we ran the uh, the ad about the uh, Coco SDC, yeah, and uh, and that's recently been added to the catalog. But Frank, he's been a busy boy, yeah, and he keeps adding more and more quality stuff to his page over at Retro Rewind, including Aaron. Uh, two features I want to talk about. The first is the old Hitachi 6309 CPU. Yes. If you spend any amount of time with anybody involved in the uh, Coco scene, they will start to slowly berate you
1: at all chances. No. If you have not yet upgraded but your CPU. They prod you in that direction because it's good. Listen, I'm a, when I got back into the scene, you know, I'm back in the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, they told me, it's like, let's need to do this. You know, to your Coco Three, and the funny thing is, I just did it. I just, I just popped it right out. It was, an, it's not hard to change, really. If you, have to, if you have any soldering skills, uh, but uh, it gives you, uh, it, it can be made to give you certain moves of speed. I believe it's also a lower, uh, a lower voltage mm-hmm. part, so you generate less heat. Mm-hmm. Plus, it doesn't hurt to pop one of those things out and put put a new one in. And Frank is now, uh, he's distributing these. Correct, Bo? That's right. That's right.
0: You can get both. The CPU itself, and Frank also offers a custom install. Yeah. So if you uh, this actually this includes uh, the the uh, 63 and it's the 63b09e. Yeah. If you were curious about the exact chip, uh, you can send your Coco to Frank. He will install it for you. You can either get the chip itself, only 18 bucks. Yeah. Cheap. Yeah. Cheap yeah. Upgrade, yeah. Yeah. Or You can send your whole cocoa up to Friendly Canada and he will install it for you. This price includes the chip and the install, 48 bucks.
1: (laughs) Listen, I I will say this, and I have experience because I've done this twice now. Okay, so here's the thing. If you buy the chip from Frank, bear in mind that you'll be soldering on a machine that's uh, becoming far and far more difficult to replace. Mm -hmm. All right, so you could, I mean, I'm a pretty good hand boat and I had top shelf equipment Suck out the solder and sw- swap that chip. 48 bucks is such a cheap deal. It's almost like, eh, why bother when a pro can do it? Frank's got decades of, of top level experience in the field. Yeah. Right. I mean, this guy's featured on television programs. He's a big deal. When you send your stuff up to him, you know it's going to be done professionally and with the best equipment equipment that people like us can't even get, you know, because a, he's a big deal. Uh, so, and, and I remember when I first got the Coco. And they were like, "Listen, you need to get this chip." And they said, "You should get the chip for the reasons I mentioned." Plus, they said, "Coming coming in the future, there will be games that require this. A lot more games that require it. There's going to be. It'll help you if you're using uh, various operating systems on the machine. Just go ahead and do it. It's a good thing to get done." And they were right because, lo and behold, here come more stuff that require that chip. You know, so get it done now. It's a good thing to do for the quality of your use of the cocoa. It's also a good thing to do for the safety of the cocoa. There's no bad uh, side to this. Get it done. It's cheap. Now's the time. And speaking of cheap, you can save
0: 10% off this or any order from Retro Rewind by using the promo's code AMIGOS10 at checkout. So don't forget, save 10%. Use the code. Right on, brother. We thank Retro Rewind for being a sponsor of yes. the cocoa show. Thank
1: you, Frank. Let's talk Draconian, Aaron. Oh, man, Bo. You know, Draconian, now before this week, we I know you had played this one, hadn't you? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is one that was known to us. It's Sometimes we know them, sometimes we don't know them. This mm. one we knew. Uh, this one developed by uh, Mike Hugley. He would actually worked on a couple other games that I could find When the Coco. One was called Alcatraz 2. Man, you don't want to go to Alcatraz for a second run. It's like the Rock 2. Yeah. They never made that. And then Grabber. Man, you don't want to. That's why you're at Alcatraz, right there. Uh, this one now. Here's an interesting uh, rabbit hole I went down. Uh, this was published by Tom Mix Software, but in my, I was looking around to try to find art for this game, uh, like box art. Right now, and I talked to people that own this game, including our good friend El Curtis Boyle. And a lot of the Tom Mix stuff was just distributed in the old baggie mm-hmm. with maybe an instruction card and a tape or a disc that just had a generic label on it, mm-hmm. right? And so we had thought, okay, well, maybe this thing doesn't have uh, any art at all. Well, lo and behold, uh, I, it's funny. I looked up I looked up Mike Hughley's name, and a French webpage popped up and had a very small thumbnail of a draconian cover. Really? And so, uh, and it was, but it said it was published by MicroDeal. Okay. Okay? So, uh, I, I, I Googled uh, Draconian and MicroDeal, and sure enough, I saw covers. So, somewhere, I'm assuming over in Europe, uh, possibly, and I don't have any, I can't say this with any sort of certainty, but apparently MicroDeal distributed this game uh, overseas along yeah, and with And I guess that would be an overseas uh, distribution for the Dragon, right? Well, I, I know one of the, one of the uh, covers I saw specifically said for the Dragon 32, and one didn't. Okay. So I'm not 100% sure, but I'm assuming that Microdeal did the European distribution and Tom Mix did the, the published it in the States. That's just a guess. So uh, your mileage may vary on that, but still kind of neat to find that out. And the cover art was kind of cool. So uh, this is a single-player game. You can play this on your Coco 1, 2, or 3, provided you have 32K of RAM. There was a disc version and a tape version. Uh, the tape version would set you back 28 big ones, US dollars, and the disc version, 31 US dollars. It's funny how much more expensive games were. Yeah. Although this is, I believe, slightly cheaper than WrestleMania. And oh boy, what a better deal. <laughs> what are you ragging on <laughs> WrestleManiac for? Uh, and by the way, if you're looking to buy one, I also looked to see if I could get one these to pick it up. Mm-hmm. There have, are none on eBay, and there are none that, that have been real lit like, Sold or listed on eBay, you, you know. We talk
0: about this often. We talk yeah. about how old, old, decrepitly old the Tandy color computer collector often is. Yeah. And as these people start to age and start to liquidate their collections, either yeah. voluntarily or involuntarily, that's going to be a real financial windfall for their families and loved ones. I mean, because you never see this stuff out on the open market anytime, anywhere. You know, these 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 real these games that were sold in baggies. You know, yeah. they, if they were sold in any quantity. You know, eventually, you know, with no packaging, they get thrown in with other discs. They get forgotten about. Right. And if you are the holder of some of these big
1: original collections of software, you're sitting on a gold mine. It's funny. I was talking to uh, our buddy, Alcarus Boyle, about numbers, sold numbers for some of these old games like that. And one of the things that occurred to me is part of the reason you don't see these games because who's going to collect a baggie with a tape and right. it just says Tom Mix? Right. You know, Maybe has typewritten on the side. Even if you had an original version of Draconian, for example, without the box, uh, if you just had... I mean, think about how... If you were collecting, like, say, the Amiga, for example, the PC, and you didn't get the box, all you had was a cassette or a a disc that was blank and just had typewritten the name of the game. Well, Who would collect that? No one would care. Mm-hmm. you know. So, And I guess it, yeah, at yeah. some
0: point, I wonder if there's ever going to be a service that even looks at the baggie and say, this is an original baggie.
1: Not necessarily for Cocoa stuff, but like the original Ultimate Ultima game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's stuff the one that like comes that. to mind, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe you're, maybe you're uh, birthing a, a new a new venture Send here. Send your
0: plastic bags to me for authentication. How do you
1: authenticate <laughs> a plastic bag, Bo? You're going you to test I it? I got methods. Oh, my God. I don't want to know them. So, what did uh, Mr. Hugle here put together? Well, what you've got here, Boat, is a spin on the old arcade game Bosconian. Now, have you ever played the old Bosconian back yes. in the day? You did. Uh, play I never it. played
0: it back in the day, but I played it before I played Draconian.
1: So, uh, the the arcade version of Bosconian has you going around and, and blowing up bases in a in a ship with a radar. Now, you know what it reminded me of? Boat? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it reminded you of, and that's a game called Rally X. That's ex- <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I hated Rally X, by the way, but I liked Bosconian. Go figure. Well, guys. I'll tell you the reason why.
0: Because Rally X is gets annoying cuz you're constantly having to negotiate the roads. The, yeah. the roads are narrow. Bosconian takes all of the good parts about Rally X, the the radar the various things you have to collect on the radar, and it removes the
1: roads. Yeah, and in a lot of ways. And now, Bosconian, it's claimed to fame was that it had digitized speech. Yes. And that got real weird. It well, was a weird we'll talk sound. about that in a second. You know, and uh, it... Uh, you But it, otherwise, it was the same kind of basic game. You, you could shoot multiple directions real quick because you could spin your ship around. But it had the radar. It had enemies coming at you. It had static things that kind of hung in the sky that you could run into. What? Okay, now we'll talk about okay, it. Okay, go ahead. What's the deal with a digitized speech in Bosconian?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Because I mean, it's just like surely they
1: knew that it sounded like that, and they they still went with it. It sounds kind of. I mean, it's it's so it's it's so weird. It's a lot like Gorf, and it doesn't sound like this, mind you. But it's the same sort of effect on you. You hear it. The sound in gore for wisdom of war, and you're like that's unsettling, right? And this and this is unsettling in a more refined way, but it, it is unsettling <laughs> to hear it. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Now, Bosconi, <laughs> it's it's really unfair to call
0: this game a clone, right? Of, of that's why I called it a takeoff. A one takeoff is a better word.
1: What you've got here, someone played some Bosconi, and you're like, well, that's okay. Let's see what we can do here. And so what they did was, in a lot of ways, I think this is a superior game. Not in one big way, which is speed. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's a superior game. So, this game has you in a little rocket ship, and your goal is to go around this uh, small, I guess, pocket universe and destroy bases and in the bases are, are, are captives or, or your pilots or whatever you want to call them, friends, little men, that you run over... I like over to and, think about them as astronauts. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And you run over them and pick them up and after you've blown up the base. The bases consist of uh, their their structures at every corner of the structure is like a, a a round uh like a bulb it's like a round bulkhead or something you've got to blow away and if, when you blow all of them away the structure goes away yeah so the
0: structure in draconian is a triangle right and uh, and so if you think about a triangle that's got three orbs on each corner or an orb on each corner if you blow all three of those orbs up then the, uh, the astronaut is freed and you run over him to, to collect
1: them. Now, as you get further in, these structures get more advanced uh, than they are at the beginning. So they're not always triangles. Well, they, they're they triangular in shape, but there's a, additional ones attached to them. You know what I'm saying? So there can be like a structure made of like four triangles. I see. Like, you know, yeah, thing. polyhedron. So... Now in the in Bosconian you are a, can, you, aside from the fact that you can hit an asteroid or whatever you're also chased by stuff and it's, it's the same thing in Draconian except in Draconian I love this they twisted the genres here and that's another thing I like with this game instead of being chased by spaceships you're chased by little dragons eventually well at first and the dragons. They look like little dragons. They soar around and they actually fly very, very nicely. In little right. arcs. Well
0: and and I also question the well, this is one of the things that I love. There's a lot of things I love about yeah. this game. One of the things I love about the game is that the dragons, they they chase you, but they don't really chase you. It's like almost like they've got pre-programmed paths that they're flying in, yeah. and, they, and it, it gives you the illusion that they're chasing you. Yeah,
1: because you can evade them, and they will leave you alone. Yeah, and but they fly in a very—they're very, they're very be- in a beautiful way. They That's do. All I can say they about it—it's—it's it's kind of neat. Um, and so as you go through the game, you—you're going through, and the radar has listed all the areas that have the uh, structures you have to blow away to save your guys. Okay, once you blow away all the structures. And so, and you can't. And by the way, you don't have to save the man, but you do have to blow the structures away. Saving the man gets you points. Uh, once you've done this, there, there, this unit pocket universe has an exit, has an entrance and an exit. The exit's at the top of the screen, the very top of the radar, and it's a tiny little uh, chamber, a little passageway that is just barely wide enough for your ship to fly through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, until you've blown away all the same. All the uh, structures. This thing has a, a door on it, and when you blow them all away, the door opens. When the door opens, you can freely pass. Not easy. In fact, one of the hardest parts of the game is lining your ship up to get out of this chamber. Yeah. And then you go into this um, area that has this huge mechanism that surrounds your ship. I don't know if it's like a space station or what. I it always is. pictured it as you were flying out. It doesn't make
0: any sense, but yeah. you're flying out of the. You're flying out of space, and it's like you're docking in your space station. Yeah. Uh, Because there you have different machines and things. And in my mind, that was where you let all the astronauts out and, you know, you take a breather, you fuel up, you get a sandwich, and then it's off to the next, next universe.
1: Right. And then you are literally let go out of a, of a similar door that you came in uh, when you uh, go out. Now, all this is fine and it works out well. Uh, But, they spice this up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, how do they do that? So you've got... the. We've mentioned the asteroids. We've mentioned the mines. We've mentioned the dragons that come out at you, little dragons. The little dragons are maybe a smidge bigger than your ship. Okay? If you take too long, then you got a problem. You get a warning message on the screen, and you know something bad's coming. And what's coming is the Draconian. Okay? The Draconian... Is it named Eyes of the Draconian? Eyes... So, well, I mean... If you look at the logo, there's a big picture of a dragon's head, and it says draconian around it, so I'm just assuming that's that's what he is. Yeah, is right? Right, so fair. And I assume the things chasing are like his babies. And if I also, I picture the draconian as a woman, as a female. Okay. All right? I just I don't know why. Sexy and, dragon. Yeah, well, no. It, hey, listen, those, those, they'll get you. And so, at some point, the draconian is unleashed on, on the pocket universe you're in. Right. And what does that mean? Well, that means it starts at the bottom and slowly works its way up the screen towards your character okay there's no avoiding the draconian except for leaving. that's all only way you can get you can avoid the draconian you can't kill the draconian you can't you can shoot at it it won't do anything mm. and it's huge beautifully rendered dragon on the screen takes up a big chunk of the screen doesn't it both when this thing comes on the screen this is sort of like the sinistar of yes. this game
0: yes exactly except you
1: can't bomb this sinistar
0: in fact when I started, when when this game came up, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to Bosconian. I'd forgotten. why. In my mind, I was combining the Sinistar, and I was like, well, I know that guy's from Sinistar, but Bosconian's got to have something like that. But it's not. That's totally, I think he saw
1: Sinistar, and he's like, we're going to put that in Bosconian. Right. So, this gives the game some urgency. Now... Uh, some people don't like timers, and that's okay. Uh, and this, ha- but this game has whatever that timer is, mm-hmm. and it's not a visible timer. And you, because you don't want, because otherwise there's nothing to make you leave the zone. So you right. had to put something in, and so if you're going to put something in, it might as well be one of the coolest things you're going to see on the Coco. Full stop. Right. Graphically, right? This thing comes out, and you know you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So this game, basically, once you avoid the draconia if, if, if it comes out and you can complete the level and never see the draconian mm-hmm. which is what you want to do. Uh, once you've done all this, you you go to the chamber, you drop off your guys and you move to the next level. And the next level the structures get more complex, or more guys. Also they're spread out further, so there's you have longer to travel. The game, the ship you fly in this game is a is basically an eight directional and I mean eight hard directions. Just like, you know, you can go up, diagonal Right diagonal. I mean, it, you; those are the directions. Yeah. There's no subtlety in the between. eight cardinal directions, right? And so that's important because driving around your ship is not easy until you understand how it works. You know, which Bosconian also had these sort of hard directions. Yeah, it's an eight directional it. thing too. And so uh, there's no; you're always in a lane basically when you're in, when you're flying around. Again, it makes it difficult to shoot stuff because you've got to line these shots up while you're moving, while you're avoiding obstacles in front of you, and while you're being pursued. So, shooting a, a base with three of those round bulkheads, it didn't seem like it's that tough until you're out there trying to line this stuff up with all this stuff going
0: I'll on. I'll tell you what else. This is I'll tell you what else makes this a lot harder than Bosconian. And Bosconian, whenever you shoot, you shoot out of your hind quarters and your forequarters. Yeah. Okay? And in this game, you're only shooting ahead of yourself. Yep. And that makes the game – I mean, anytime you've got a game where you can shoot both behind and in front of you, it's going to make it easier. Right. If you're being chased by enemy ships in Bosconian,
1: you can knock them out while you're running away. You get no such option in Draconian. What makes this game, I mean, the gameplay's great. We admit that. And everything about the game is fun. But the little touches that I enjoy are what make this game great. I'll give you some examples. When this game comes up, it has the big Tom Mix logo on on the title screen. And then the screen comes up with this beautiful title screen which don't always get on the eco that's exactly right and then the music kicks in Mm -hmm. it plays this beautiful multi-voice tune right beautiful and then it asks you how many players Mm -hmm. you get you get two players you can Mm -hmm. have multiple players which is nice Uh, then the way the graphics are done they could just have the dragons could not have been as cool looking as they are with the little wings but they are they they, the wings articulate and I they, don't they think, roll around. I don't
0: think it's out of line to say this is one of the best looking games on the Coco One and Two. Well, I mean, I think it's yeah, it's good looking, especially the title screen and, and the, with the music. It, stuff. It's a full package. I mean, the explosions look good. The in-game graphics, like the ship, looks good. It's multicolored. Yeah. The dragons are beautiful. Uh, the the intro screen, like you said, I mean, from yeah. soup to
1: nuts. Plus, you've got the the screens that happen in between. Right, the all the screen that where stuff. you drop off the guys at the base. Yep. Like, it's not just like they didn't need to do any of that. Mm-hmm. But Mike went in, and real, and even your guys waving his arms and legs when you pick him up because yeah. you know, he's out in space, these little touches make the game fun. Now, the Pocket Universe has borders on the sides and on the bottom. So you basically picture a huge, you're in a huge empty square, basically. That's So that's why I call it a Pocket Universe. So there are sides to it and stuff. And you'll have to go from one side to the other on some of these screens because of the of this of the how the layout is for the various structures you have to take out. Bosconian did not have uh, 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 an element to it where you would pick up a guy. Bosconian had the the uh, structures that were sort of like uh, they were sort of like hexagonal, I believe they were, and you could shoot into it, blow it up, or you had to shoot around outside. So the, again. We can say it's a bosconian light game and the fact that they have the same sort of setup. But this game is far more advanced gameplay-wise. Yeah. When, you,
0: when, you shoot the last, when you destroy the last structure in Bosconian, the yeah. level ends. That's it. There's no escape. Right. And one of the most thrilling things in Cocoa Gaming is destroying all the structures. You see the big dragon approaching from the bottom, and as soon as you get close to the gate, some of those little dragons start swarming up. And when you escape through the gate, you feel like freaking
1: Han Solo. You yeah. Know? I mean, you really are. It's like going mm-hmm. to the trench. Now, this is, of course, this game has its basis in uh, the arcade, so you've got a score. Uh, you can also get extra ships. I looked in the docs to get some of the particulars on how this stuff works. So you can get an extra ship at ten grand, and then uh, another one at the, when you get sixty grand, and then after that, every time you get 50,000 points, you can get an extra ship. You're going to need them as you move further into the level uh, because the this game gets a lot more, it gets a lot tougher. I don't know how far you went in it. We did this. This I, could a, not, I could not make it past the second wave. Oh, geez. This game was on uh, – it was a Cocoa Talk Game of the Week one time. I remember playing a bunch of this. And it is – it's a super amount of fun. It's a great high-score yeah, game. I, I, I. This This is top
0: ten for me as far as in the Cocoa – uh, total, you know, Cocoa games. Yeah. This is top
1: ten game. I, I think it's a, a, a real I – mean, it's not a hidden gem. If you're a Cocoa person, you know about this mm-hmm. one. But I, mean, I think it's a lot of fun. And it's I, I like a game. Listen, Coco has tons and tons of arcade clones, right? Uh, but I like something where they actually looked at what was available and just made it more interesting. He also takes full advantage of the Coco's abilities and it and avoids stuff that would make it uh, would make it run slower. This game's not super fast. It's funny though when you look at it, like if you look at it compared to the arcade version, you've what you've got there is uh, if you look at Moscone, it looks so much quicker uh than than this version does but when you actually play the game it feels fast because things are coming on you quicker and you are You don't so, notice the slowness. Right, exactly. Uh and the radar isn't as big but it's 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 plenty fine. Right. Like they they jettisoned a lot of the dumb stuff in Moscone mm-hmm. to make this. So, yeah, I think this one is a big time winner, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, Did we get any Discord action on this? We did. We got an interview from the man himself, L. Curtis Boyle. I heard him.
0: He says, Draconian is another one of my favorite games from the Coco 1-2 era, and the second such game by its author Mike Huey. The other is Grabber. It features great graphics and sound effects, multi-voice music intro and death themes, and original music, I believe, and multiple levels. I think my favorite part of the game, though, is that while it is heavily based on the arcade game Bosconian, There is added gameplay elements of uh, having to rescue astronauts trapped in space stations rather than just blowing the stations up. This changes the gameplay quite a bit, actually. There's also the giant draconian itself that comes out if you linger on a level too long. You have all of the stations destroyed. You have to have all the stations destroyed to open the portal to the next level and escape the draconian. So sometimes you have to sacrifice astronauts. Nine out of ten game for me from the Coco 1 and 2 era. There you go. Yeah.
1: Um, I actually found some well, with the help of El Curtis Boyle, our good buddy, I found some reviews here. Uh we've got one here that uh from a fellow uh I think this was out of Rainbow. Uh he named uh, uh oh, it's actually a lady Joanne zisky And just to summarize, because you know they didn't really give scores on these, she writes Maybe a game designer will read this review and take it to heart that we want good graphics and fast action. I hope to see more arcade games of the ca- of this caliber funneling into the cocoa market. Take it from one who knows a good game. Draconian is worth it. Putting she it was, over. She it. Yes, sir. I've got another one here. Uh, this is a this is a different view. I think this one's out of uh this might be out of uh, rain or out of co- hot cocoa. Just to summarize, this was from Charles Springer, who writes: the real advantage of draconian over the majority of space games is the variety of graphics as demonstrated in each new sector, and in every aspect of the program. The level of difficulty increases with each new plateau, and the challenge continues to build the longer you play the game. He put it over big time as well. Liked them, both liked them. I've never, I've never met anyone that didn't think this was a top-shelf game. Yeah. So yeah. we give this one the enthusiastic thumbs up.
0: You know what else we give two thumbs up to, Aaron? I don't our Patreon supporters. Oh,
1: yes. We love
0: them. We want to thank, first of all, our Coco Show superstars, the Game Selection Committee, Robert Murphy and Steve Rasmussen. Good choice thank this time. Thank you, guys. Yes. Yeah. And we also want to thank our Coco Show supporters, L. Curtis Boyle. All hail. Graham Vebke, Edvin Helen, Steve Rasmussen, Buttons, and William Becker. Thank you. So, Aaron, next week, and now next week, I mean, on the next episode, next month on the Coco Show, We are going to be playing a little game I like to call The Amazing World of Malcolm Mortar. Okay. 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 Sounds good. Yeah. So we hope you've enjoyed the Coco Show. If you like it and you want to check out our other shows we do, uh, uh, the uh, Amigos, Everything Amiga, Iris Sinclair, and American Take on the ZX Spectrum. Uh, We do a show about the Atari ST called, oddly, the Atari ST Show. Good name. Uh, And we record these live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. It's madness. If you want to watch us live, (laughs) you can. (laughs) It's time to wrap this one up, Aaron. Yeah. So there's only one thing to say, and that's all hail. L. Curtis Boyle.